Hey guys, this is Justin and Mike. We are here this week with Top Fives and Deep Dives to deep dive on one of our favorite hip-hop duos, the Blue Scholars, based in Seattle, Washington. Um, They formed in 2002. There's two members. There's... George Kibuen, also known as Geologic or Geo, or by his other name, Prometheus Brown. He's got a lot of names. Then we have Alexei, Saba, Moasher, Shabi, who thankfully, so that I don't continue butchering his name, goes by Sabzi. He's the DJ producer. So we've got Sabzi, we've got Geo, we've got the Blue Scholars. They're based in Seattle, Washington. They're local legends there. But unfortunately, not as well-known otherwise around the world. Criminally underrated. Criminally. Um, But anyways, to give you guys just a really quick insight to what we're going to be doing today, sort of the format we're going to go through, we're going to give you a little bit more of a bio on the boys. Then we're going to go through their discography. We're going to give some highlights from each album, each EP, We'll drop a couple unreleased tracks that we like. And then, of course, at the end, we're going to rank the three albums. And we are going to each give our top five Blue Scholars songs. Sound good, Mike? Sounds fantastic. I cannot wait. As we've both said, we love these guys. Criminally underrated. Very excited to hopefully... Maybe even just get a few more ears listening to this amazing Pacific Northwest music. Um, so, yeah, we've got Sabzi. We've got Geo. Uh, they're both very much, um, very much, you know, activists. They, Geo likes to talk a lot about the struggle between like socioeconomic classes Um you know, youth empowerment. He is Filipino American. He talks a lot about struggles within that community, um, you know, immigration, racism, and it's, they're very, it, sometimes Blue Scholars is referred to as sort of, you know, in that genre of like conscious, conscious hip hop or, uh, yeah, that's what, that's what you'd call it. Right, Mike? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you could you could pretty much tell just from the name Blue Scholars, which is a play on, you know, blue collar, which is really the people that they represent, you know, both in the states, uh, in immigrant communities, but really across the country and really across the world um, as they're just sort of aligned with with the struggle. I, I wish I led with that. And, and as you and I have talked about before, one of our both of our one of our favorite like artist names ever. Absolutely one of the greatest. So good. So catchy. So epic. Um, But yeah, so these guys, they're conscious. And pretty much how they met, they both went to the University of Washington. So they met in 2002. Um, They, at the time, there was a movement to 
revive like the interest in hip hop around Seattle because at that time it had become like a big rock town. You'd had the, all the grunge music of the nineties. Um, you know, you obviously had your Nirvana, your Pearl jam and whatnot. And it just hip hop had sort of become not irrelevant, but very, very much had was in the rear view. And they wanted well there was a group that pretty much was trying to revive that interest and so sabzi and geo met at a meeting once for that for that group and ended up joining forces realizing the strength that they had together one making the beats one making the raps put it together you've got the magic of the blue scholars um and it really just set off from there so they've they've done a lot. They've performed a shit ton of shows across the U.S. in their time together so far. Um, they've played back when Sasquatch was a big music festival up in Washington. They played that three times. They opened for Kanye in 2006 uh, at Bumbershoot, which is also up in Seattle. And yeah, I mean, they've... They've killed it, man. They are local legends up there in Seattle. They helped bring up Macklemore, who, of course, at this point is a household name. But, yeah, they they were sort of like mentors to Macklemore. And I'll talk about it later more, but I actually saw Macklemore open up for them at about a 500-person club back in 2010, I think it was. So but, so crazy to think that someone as big as Macklemore would have opened for the Blue Scholars at one point. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. You can't even you can't even imagine it. Um, but yeah, I guess the other things I'll quickly just say that I didn't really, you know, I so I mentioned that Gio is Filipino American, um, but he he lived in various places around the West Coast growing up. Also lived in Hawaii for a bit, and then they ended up settling in Bremerton, Washington. Uh, so he's got a big tie to his Filipino ancestry. He also, I'm just giving you some geo background, everyone. Two just other things to know about him. He also does has done a little bit of a another project called The Bar with this rapper Bamboo uh, from L.A. They have two albums. And then he also is quite into food. He has this bakery called Hood Famous Bakery in Seattle. Check it out if you're up there. We've heard it's great. Sabzi, on the other hand, he, well, he also loves food, but he is Iranian-American. Um, and he he's a jazz-trained pianist. Fun fact about Sabzi. Another fun fact about Sabzi, he had a bit of a punk and ska background before joining the blue scholars and getting behind the turntables. So yeah, Sabzi, they're both, they're both awesome guys. Very, very, uh, very different from each other, but also a lot of similar, a lot of similar things that they agree on and believe in. So Geo, Sabzi, Blue Scholars, and and Sabzi, by the way, has another project called Common Market, which is another thing where it's a duo, him doing the beats, another guy doing the raps, uh, based in Seattle. 
great as well if you want to check them out. Anywho, Mike, should we start? Should we get in to the Blue Scholars, into this discography? Let's do it. I think the, the intro is great. We've given the people a flavor for what they are, but let's hit them with the music. Let's do it. So, Blue Scholars, they started recording some music. They got together, like I said, in 2002. February 28, 2004, they put out their self-titled debut. Only at first was released in the Pacific Northwest. Um, It was 11 songs, and it would over the course of the next year gain some traction around the country enough to the point where it deserved a national release. And before the boys did release it nationally, they added three songs to the end of the album. So was 11, 14 is the version that any of you guys finding the album on Spotify, on iTunes, anywhere. That's the one you're going to get that. And I think, anyone's opinion is the definitive version of the album. But if you were still interested in getting that original print, original 11 song CD, the scholars found some number of years ago, I think it was a a while ago at this point, but they found a box of the CDs that they hadn't sold. They found it in storage put them up on their website when they're gone they're gone so they're only 10 bucks and hey if you're someone that likes to collect that likes to collect you know i mean i don't know who collects cds anymore but it'd be a pretty fucking cool cd to have so get on it if you want it but anyways june 21st 2005 national release comes out 14 tracks and it's a fucking hell of a debut Hell of a debut. I'll bring everyone through the album real quick, and then we're just, Mike and I will shout out some of our favorite songs. But you start with Solstice Reintroduction, which is what's funny about this album and then the next album is both of them have like three intro songs. So the, it's three songs where they could be an intro in their own right. So on this one, you've got Solstice Reintroduction, which it's called reintroduction because on the original 11 track, it's just, I think, solstice intro. This one's like a minute longer, a little bit more to it. It's such a great, like, very on the nose intro to the boys. They literally say, Blue Scholar's in the place to be. We got one DJ and one MC, and that's it. What could be better? So you get a little intro there, leads us into Blue School. I feel like this is the intro to their philosophy. They're welcoming us to the blue school. And Bruce Brothers number three is an intro to Sabzi and Geo. Gives us Geo's story coming into the scene, meeting Sabzi, then the power created between them making music. Such a great intro to the Blue Scholars, what they're all about. We get through our three intro tracks. We go to Motion Movement, great upbeat track. Then we've got self-portrait and freewheeling five and six. Um, for me, yeah, these are you know, uh, I'd say not standouts, but good tracks. Then you've got the inkwell, which is sort of where everything comes together uh, for the first time. In you know, my opinion, they've got 
great beats, great lyrics, catchy chorus, all comes together into a great song. Um, Burn Offering, number eight, gets a lot deeper, really hits the soul. Number nine, Evening Chai. Um, The back half of the song features a spoken word portion from the film Three Kings. Shout out Mark Wahlberg. 10, we've got Blink. 11, Sagaba, which is one of their iconic songs. 12, The Av. This is the start of the added tracks for the national release. The Av's a bit of a Seattle anthem. It's all about University Ave near University of Washington. Um, and they just, they shout out a bunch of stuff. They're trying to essentially say, you know, fuck, well, what they literally say, fuck class, get your education on the Ave. You can get, you can, you can learn a lot by spending some time on the Ave. Life and Debt, we get Geo's first love song. And number 14 to close out the album, No Rest for the Weary. Inspirational, final, just great track. And that is the debut of the Blue Scholars. So, Mike, let's. I mean, I feel like we gotta we gotta talk about a few tracks here. What are what are some of the highlights? Okay, well, great summary. And the first one I'm gonna go to is track seven, the Inkwell. Uh, to this day, I think this is one of uh, their best crafted songs. I mean, Geo first on Geo's side, he he does a lot here, weaving several different themes together you know he talks about how he's got love for the city you know name checks rainier the 206 yada yada uh he also you know talks about some of his other influences trap gold quest dead prez but then also really brings it home by saying you know that said we've got some work to do here you know he mentions rock candy the club that's no longer there that mm-hmm. Seattle's kind of the suicide capital, police violence, the general sort of, um, I guess you'd say, not laziness, but kind of people in the in the Seattle area waiting for hip hop to happen instead of sort of making it to happen again, um, trying to inspire people to really bring up the movement. And then, and then on Sabzi's side, this beat is you know you mentioned a little bit about his background as a musician. You know, here he he weaves in what, you know, sounds like kind of some classical Spanish guitar that really makes for a great beat and is kind of a sign of of all the inventive, um, creative nature that he'll show throughout their discography. So I think this one really hits on all points and is really still one of their best songs to date. I couldn't agree more. And I'm going to I'm going to quickly take us right into the next track, Burnt Offering which I also find to be a really a strong point for them, especially, especially Geo. Um, the song really hits deep and like Geo's lyrics in this, I think really hit you in the soul. I mean, he's does that on other tracks, but this one really sticks out to me. It's all about sort of, sort of spirituality and beliefs and geo grappling, I think with maybe seeking where his spiritual beliefs lie as he grows. And maybe some of what he believed when he was younger, isn't quite what he believes now. And accepting the fact that he is adopting maybe a new spirituality. 
Um, and then, of course, it ties in with all of the themes that become very prevalent on many Blue Scholars tracks. And it's, uh, yeah, I, th- I think this ending quell for me stand as two of their better tracks to this day. Um, I feel like we got to talk about Sagaba for a second. Yeah. It's an iconic yeah. track. For sure. I mean, you mentioned it. It's so iconic. Sabzi lays down just, just a really relaxed sort of melodic beat and Geo kind of just spins this yarn about meeting a girl and whose name is Sagaba. And, you know, it's a song about sort of watching her and, and the idea of sort of dreams and making things happen and kind of living in, in life now. And it's, it's, it's a really, I think the song is a little bit open for interpretation, um, but it really spins kind of this, this beautiful tale uh, that you get to go on the journey with, with Gio. Um, also quick shout out. You can watch the video of them doing this live at that Bumbershoot show when they opened for Kanye that you mentioned earlier. You can catch that on YouTube. So I would encourage people to do that. Yeah. Great video. And just a little thing about Sagaba, the word itself translates to suffering in Ilocano, which is the third largest language in the Philippines, which is obviously near and dear to Gio's heart. Um, but yeah, Mike, Mike said, I think everything else about it that you could and really, really great track, great blending of Sabzi and Gio's skills into one similar to Inkwell. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I think for me, do you want to talk at all about Averlife and Debt or should we just go to No Rest for the Weary? Uh, so I think for Life and Debt, I think is a great song, actually. I It's interesting, as you mentioned, it is a love song, but the way that Gio is able to kind of craft a love song while still being part of his kind of socioeconomic, socially conscious um uh, sort of themes that he likes to put in there, you know, it's, it's a love song, but it's about people in a relationship who are, you know, feeling the weight of just kind of struggling to pay the bills. And then also, you know, what he really loves, um, about, about this woman is that she, she is fighting for the same causes that he is. And he kind of sees that sort of warrior spirit in her and that's what attracts him to her in the first place. So I think it's a, a great blending of kind of a traditional theme with something that really sticks to, uh, his roots as an MC. Agreed, man. And then that leads us to No Rest for the Weary, the final track on the album. This is, to me, just such a great track. It encompasses pretty much everything I love about the Blue Scholars. And it's a very inspirational, sort of uplifting vibe to to lead us out of the album and to keep us excited for what's to come and yeah it's it's geo pretty much just just talking about i'd say his daily life you know highlighting the life of a working class person and he of course talks a little bit about things he always likes to talk about about you know questioning the government and whatnot and then also just telling everyone you know as as I feel like is the Blue Scholar's philosophy, you know, never never stop doing the work, never stop learning about life, keep going, keep learning. And the last line of the album is just, I love it. So keep marching until your feet split open, no rest for the weary Blue Scholars, keep going. And brings us to the next album. It brings us 
it just it always keeps me going here in that line. And I love that both in both that line and also funny enough in the Solstice reintroduction, both of those songs reference the you know, the long march, which ends up being their next release. Um which is a it's an EP. It's a bit it's a bit long for an EP, so maybe some people consider it an album, but it is called the Long March EP. Nine tracks. Um we've got Cornerstone to start it out. The Long March, the title tracks number two. We got Southside Revival, number three. Then we've got uh Proletariat Blues, La Botella. Commencement Day, Wounded Eyes, Talk Story, and it finishes out at number nine with a remix of Sagaba. Um, and that came out on December 6, 2005. So later the year after the national, re- the national release of Blue Scholars came out. Um, so if so, you know, if you had discovered the Scholars when the national release came out, you were blessed with new music very shortly after, which must have been awesome for people. Um, for me, I want to give a shout out to Southside Revival, number three. I think this is one of their better songs. I think it's the best song on this EP. Um, beat is top notch from Sabzi. Personally gets me very hyped and I just I love the lyrics too in this one. I love the chorus. It's a Southside revival. Put your hands high. Let your arms be the pillars that be holding up the sky. I heard a few heads say that hip hop was dead. No, it's not. It's just malnourished and underfed. Nas reference with the hip hop is dead, and pretty much the boys just saying, you know, people are trying to say that the art of hip hop's dead. No, it's not. You're just not one. You're just not listening in the right places, and two we're going to blow this back open. And it's sort of just, you know, they don't always, they don't do that many songs where they're just sort of to a degree hyping themselves, themselves up. But like, they're also talking about geo as usually as usual is talking about a lot of important topics throughout this song. Um, Just an awesome song to me. And one of my favorite lines from back when I first discovered these guys you say there's no time to study people. Look, you got time to take a shit and you got time to read a book. Just a life truth right there. Just yeah, a love, life truth. Love that. And I love that pick, which takes me into the next track, Proletariat Blues, uh, which I just, it basically, Geo just kind of walks through his um, and, and really other people's, you know, career in terms of just how most people get a living, you know, working in a grocery store, working in a cubicle, working on Amazon, obviously we're talking about the Seattle area, um, and how that can kind of weigh you down and how you're not sort of properly compensated for that. Um, but how he, you know, has kept going, uh, to make music instead of getting bogged down in that. Uh, I love, I love the beat here. It's kind of simplistic, but it's, it's a really heavy sort of baseline that carries you through. And proletariat is just just a buzzword for my politics. So you got me, Geo. Dude. You got any other songs you want to shout out on this one? A uh, quick shout out to La Botella. Uh, I think it's a really interesting beat, which samples Mob Deep's Survival of the Fittest. The outro, where it's just the beat, is great. It's you know it's an anti sort of alcohol song, which I think is 
they do it successfully. Um, it maybe doesn't work for everybody, but I think it's worthy of a shout out. Yeah, it's I've I've it's not one of my favorites personally, but I like that it reached you and yeah, that's all for me. It's crazily enough and like probably one of the one of the my least favorite tracks on the album. Well, I- I'll be I'm here to rep it. So there you everybody are. Everybody can just tweet at us that I was right and I'll feel good. Okay. Well, we'll see what they tweet. We'll see what they tweet. Tweet out people. Tweet. Um I think that's it, man. The Sagaba remix, I'll just say because it's again, Sagaba is such an iconic song. Um, it's a solid remix. It's not as good as the original, but absolutely worth a listen every now and then to switch it up. Yeah, agreed. But I think I think besides that, like you said, this is this is just an EP technically. There are a few songs that we shouted out, but this is really uh just an appetizer for the entree, which is the next album. Bayani. And I mean this is this one blows the door open, I think. And it was it was released on June twelfth, two thousand seven. Um, the title is both a Tagalog and a Persian word, meaning heroes of the people and the word respectively. Um, you know, obviously was chosen by Gio and Sabzi because they're Filipino and Persian. Um, and they released it on that date, June 12th, because that commemorated the anniversary of the Philippine Declaration of Independence from Spain in 1898. So that's a little background on the album. Man, Bayani is fucking fantastic. By this era is when Mike and I both got into the Blue Scholars. So it obviously has a special place in our hearts. Um, but to give you just a quick run through the album before we then speak about many highlights, it starts again sort of with three intro tracks so it it, number one is the bahai healing prayer which so this is a prayer performed by amu uh benham koshku i hope i didn't butcher that sorry if i did um but bahai it's a religion that sabzi practices it teaches um like unity and equality of all people the the religion teaches it finds its roots in Iran, which is where Sabzi is from. Um, and so anyways, we have that healing prayer. Number one, number two is second chapter, which is announcing the return of the scholars, introducing us all to this new chapter, which leads us into the opening salvo, which again feels like the final intro talking about the inequalities present in the world and country at the present time how we need to stand up for each other defend each other we're one and the same and it's very funny how a lot of the issues geo speaks about back in this song and then also in 2004 2005 between blue scholars album and the long march ep is that so many of these issues are just as relevant, if not more relevant today in 2020, which is very sad and very sad, but it also, again, it just shows 
yeah, it's very sad. That's I I can't really say much more than that. Um, anyways, that leads us to North by Northwest. Massive, massive Seattle Pacific Northwest banger anthem. Um, then you've got Ordinary Guys, which is pretty much just talking about them being ordinary guys. And then you've got Still Got Love. You've got Bayani, the title track. You've got Loyalty, pretty self-explanatory what that one's going to be about. You've got Fire for the People. Um, You've got Xenophobia, which is an instrumental track. Then you've got The Distance, which is very heartfelt track towards speaking sort of the challenges of families separated by thousands of miles. Um, You know, I think it deals a lot with immigrants and the distance between them and some of their loved ones back where they're from. Then you've got back home, which is an anti-war song. That was number 12, number 13. You've got 50,000 deep, which is an incredible song about the battle of Seattle in 1999, the WTO protests, um, Geo giving his perspective of the riots, really great storytelling in this one. 14, you've got morning of America. Um, which is Geo talking about his upbringing in the 80s and 90s. So many references to events of the times back then. And then they close out the album with Joe Metro, which is Geo using a bus ride through Seattle to describe the city and the social interplay of all the people living and interacting within it. It's great. That's the regular album. Two years later, they release a Redux album, Bayani Redux, on September 1st, 2009 which was after the original 25,000 copies of Bayani were sold out of print. This record label ducked down records. They made a deal with the scholars, released this Redux version, three extra tracks. We've got 27, Geo reflecting on being 27, settling into adulthood. Southbound, which is like the one Blue Scholars sex song. Pretty, pretty hilarious just because they're, we just weren't expecting it, but but dig it. Great song. And then they finish it out with Dawn Song featuring Shad, which is another another solid song. So that's what you get there. And in between the regular album and the Redux version dropping, they dropped these two EPs that were directly related to Bayani, one was the Joe Metro EP. One was the Butter and Guns EP. There's only a couple songs on each of these that aren't featured on either the regular album or the Redux. So we're not going to go really into these. But pretty much the Joe Metro EP has 10 songs. The back half, 6 through 10, are just instrumental versions of the first five. It's Joe Metro, Joe Metro Remix. Southbound, which is on the Redux. And then there's Town Talk Part 1 featuring the Physics and Kings, which is a little showca- a little nice showcase for Seattle rap. And then the North by Northwest Jake 1 remix, which has various Seattle rappers on it as well, including Macklemore. Um, the Buttering Guns EP has six tracks. Four through six are just instrumentals of the first three. First three is Loyalty, which is on Bayani. Buttering Guns, which is also loyalty two and then 27 which is on the redux 
And after we talk about Bayani, we'll get to the Oof EP, which came out right around when Bayani Redux came out. But uh, first, Mike, let's let's get through Bayani. Tell me some of your favorites. Well, this is, I mean, we're probably going to end up going through the entire album because there's so I many know. favorites. It's, it's just, just such a stacked album. I mean, you'll I, we can't call out every single one, but you guys will hear when you listen to this that especially Sabzi takes takes such a leap here. The production on this album is insane. I mean, the whole thing mm-hmm. is great, but you really have to listen to it. Uh, the only thing I want to mention also before I get started here is that this was also co- co-released on their own uh, record label, Massline. Yes. They started their uh, own record label, Massline, with... Uh, is it, wait, is it Massline Media or just Massline? Uh, I think Massline Media. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, Massline Media. Um, but yeah, it's, it's their label along with MCRA Scion, which is as we had said earlier, he's the rapper in common market with Sabzi. Um, and then another person, G- Gabriel Teodros. So they have Massline Media. There you go. Mike, take it away. Yeah, so the first song I'll call out uh, is North by Northwest. I mean, you mentioned it. It's an absolute Seattle anthem. Uh, that said, it's I really think it's an anthem for everybody. It's their first real banger, I would say, on the Blue Scholars discography. Fully agree. I mean, once once you hear the intro to this one, you just know what it is, and you just get so fucking pumped. The production's outrageous. It's just so much different. It's almost like Big Bandy. There's so many like horns, and there's piano, there's gospel, and then yeah, I mean they're just shouting out shouting out Seattle and just absolute banger. Absolute fucking banger. Whenever this one goes, whenever they play this one, it shows the place just goes off. And the second that you listen to the song, if you've never heard it, you'll know why. Um, I guess I'll shout out. Man, like you said, there's so many good ones on here. I think I'm just going to say Ordinary Guys is, I think, a pretty underrated song that's really good. But still got love when I first got this album. I love this song. Um very chilled out beat i really like the message again it's a little bit of a little bit of a different song for them because it's not something they always write about it's pretty much talking about that you know i mean it's literally talking about you still got love for people that no matter what maybe they wronged you maybe you guys have a grudge maybe a beef maybe something happened but this is geo just saying you know I, I still got love for you and it I wouldn't say it's like some crazy deep song it just I think it's very relatable lyrics and it's literally made me call up a couple old friends who I just maybe hadn't talked to in a while or I think there was one one buddy back in the day that I had just like like a slight falling out with and we just hadn't talked in a bit and we, we needed to, we just hadn't. And this song literally made me call him up and it's a great song. So I'm going to call that one out. I, I like both those and I would definitely, definitely echo ordinary guys. You know, it's, it's, it's super underrated. Uh, it, you know, it really talks about, I mean, the boys are always humble, but this, this really kind of plays at home and just 
speaks to kind of the power of hard work. And I think Ordinary Guys is a song that's it's kind of grown on me and it's interesting to listen to in the age of social media where that message mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily get put out a lot. So I like that one a lot. Um, next one for me is The Distance, track 11. Do you have anything before that you want to shout out? I'm not going to really talk about it, but I just want to say that Bayani, I think, yeah. is such a great track. It's sort of short and like some you could say almost like it's a really nice little ditty, but I just love the whole vibe. Love I love Geo's flow. I think uh great track to check out. Check out check out uh Bayani. Also, do need to just say about Bayani that there's a callback to Sagaba in it. It's the end of the track it goes it's gonna take more than just rain to change this, just some rain to change this. Call back to Sagaba when Geo says, Sister says peace and prayers for rain and change. So they like they like saying that sort of little phrase right there. Love that note. Uh the distance, yeah. So you, you mentioned it. It's it's kind of just being uh, you know, at a distance and having to deal with with all of that. Obviously by choice, not by having to do, you know. You know, so it emigrate somewhere, you know, in order to earn a living, you and I are 5,500 miles apart, you know, and we are both live far away from our families. So I think songs with this theme always kind of speak to us. So I like this one a lot. Mm-hmm. And the next one for me is, is sort of similar um, back home track 12. I will, I will say when you listen to this, go and watch the video as well. Cause it really, really helps uh, kind of add to it but it's a really kind of somber, soft, respectful beat. And, and Geo just openly speaking about, you know, bringing, bringing back our boys from war, which is, you know, something that gets me personally. And I'm sure something that most people uh, can identify with in some way. So that one really gets me. And then I know, I know one that gets us both because we have talked about it back in the day many a time. But number 13, 50,000 deep. My man, what a fucking song. Um, again, we said, I said it, I know earlier, this one's about the Battle of Seattle, uh, the 1999 WTO protests. And the storytelling in this one's incredible. The beat is incredible. Um, we used to listen to this one over and over in college. And. Yeah, I just think they hit all their strengths here. But I do want to tell a little story about this song. About the first time that I actually saw the Blue Scholars live. So Mike and I went to Boston University. We had a little venue, a little uh, concert venue, sort of right next to one of the parts of the campus that we were, we would been here a lot and it was this place called paradise rock club it's still there um but so the scholars played there in september of 2010 i went to the show um with a couple of our friends mike for some reason wasn't able to make it um but the whole show i wanted them to play Fifty Thousand deep so badly And like they were still, I mean, it was 2010, so it wasn't insanely long after the album. Like they weren't promoting a new album yet. And 
I thought they fucking would, but they, they didn't play the song. I was lucky. Some years later, I did eventually see them play it. I've seen them a couple more times in New York and L.A. But uh, where this where this is going is that after the show, I ended up walking out of the venue. I hung around for maybe, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And, you know, it's a small venue. Again, the Blue Scholars aren't like some crazy big act that are going to like hop into some tour bus or whatever. They were, I think, in a couple cars or, or a van or something. And so anyways, bit after the show, they walk out. Gio was doing his thing. He, had, he was with a couple friends. But Sobsy was just chilling alone, just leaning up against a car, doing his thing. And I ended up having a really awesome talk with Sobsy. And he sort of started to talk to me a little bit about their next full-length album, Cinematropolis, and talking about how college kids consume their music those days and whatnot. Really interesting just little talk where I think he was picking my brain a little bit. We just chatted a little bit about Boston. Him and Gio asked me for a recommendation on Chinese food over where they were staying in uh, Cambridge later. And just one of my favorite interactions meeting, you know, an artist that I really like. So if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you've already seen the picture that I took with Sabzi from that moment because I posted it on Instagram to get you to make you all aware of this about this podcast that we've just released. Where can listeners find us on Instagram again? They can find us on Instagram. If you don't know, you can find us at top fives and deep dives. Spelled out. Shameless plug for ourselves. Absolutely, as we should be. Um, so yeah, 50,000 deep. Met good old Sabzi outside the Paradise Rock Club in Boston back in September 2010. Ten years ago. God damn it, we're getting old. Um, and I've, I've got to shout out the next two songs too, Mike. Morning of America, number 14, I love. I think this one is a bit underrated. Again, love all the references to the 80s and 90s. Love the beat. Love the way the song makes me feel. Um, and Joe Metro, I mean, again, the, the beat, the the way that it makes you feel inside, the, almost a nostalgic feel, and just the cleverness of Geo using the bus ride to describe the city and just, again, everything, the, div- the diversity that exists within this random collection of passengers on a Metro bus. Um, yeah, it's definitely... Definitely feeling that one too. Yeah, uh, you know, if, if if you guys listen to our top five rap albums podcast, I talked about how I used to spend four hours a day on, on a bus uh, when I was living in Chicago, and just much love for this song, and I, and I totally get the feeling of it. Also, quick quick spot on this video, directed by Sabzi's brother, who ends up directing a few of their videos. So check that one out. Yes. Definitely got to check that video out. Um, then, yeah, I don't really personally need... I, they're all solid, like I had said, but I don't need to shout out any Redux songs, do you? I will I will only give a quick shout out to Southbound because you already summed it up, but it's it's just such a, a... It's a random song in the discography that's basically never repeated, uh, but it's it's fun, and, and I would definitely give that one a listen. Hells, yes. Which brings us to the Oofy P. 
And my God, do we love the UVP? Yes, um, we do. It came out just a week before the Bayani Redux. So it came out August 25th, 2009. And the idea behind the EP, it's inspired by Geo exploring his Hawaiian heritage. Um, and you can, the, the sound of the album, of the EP, absolutely plays on that. And you can tell right away. So it is technically six actual tracks, but it's a 12 song EP because again, as they, we found out they like to do seven through 12 are the instrumental versions of the six songs. So, and when they released this on actual CD, Mike, what was it? What are the two discs called? The tune disc and a rhythm disc. I love that. Gotta get, gotta get the hard CD of this. You gotta. And so, yeah, we've got we've got bananas, we've got hot, we've got high eight oh eight, we've got coup with a question mark at the end. We've got new people, hello, and cruise. C U C R U Z. Um, I mean, Mike, we we got to talk some songs on this. I'm I'm gonna I gotta drop bananas right away. I think bananas is awesome. Brings you straight into the feel of this EP. Um, it's a low, low key beat in a sense, but really, really dope. And Geo just spits some bars on this that are, that are great. I just, I love it. Love the track. Yeah. And bananas, it, like you said, it's a low key beat. It's interesting because it's, um, the, the drum beat in this one is similar to kind of what Sabzi will end up doing on the Cinematropolis album, which we will talk about in a minute. Yes. Uh, I will to quickly shout out uh, High 808, the second song. It's, it's not necessarily one of my favorites. It's the only one that has an album, uh, video, though, which just has the boys eating, as they normally do, uh, in Hawaii. But uh, I do I appreciate this song a lot because it uh, it really talks about kind of the U.S. sort of colonizing Hawaii, which, you know, I'm not a historian, but look that up. It's It's way too recent, Free Hawaii. Yeah, I'm with Mike on this. It's not. It's probably my least favorite track on the EP, but production-wise, they kill it, and they do, again, there's some good lyrics, and the music video is fun, so you should still check it out. But the whole EP is great. Um, are we going to talk about new people? Definitely. What a track. Incredible track. You talk about new people. So for me, New People does two things that I really appreciate. One is that it is critical of Obama, which again, this is 2009. So like, I, I think it's really interesting that they're kind of willing to go out on that ledge that, that maybe more people got to later, but this is, you know, just after he's really, I mean, the year that he's taken office. Um, and, you know, not everything was suddenly fixed in the country and they want to keep people you know, on their toes and making sure that people are staying active uh, politically, which is a message that I know we can all relate to. And two, when I listened to new people for the first time, I was like, this might just be the chillest song in history. And it was for about six minutes until I listened to another song on the CP. Amazing. Um, also, 
I was just turning on a light, so I missed the last little bit that you said. It's just getting dark here, people, in Los Angeles. And it's it's currently election week, so things are tense. Um, but originally, this song had the Empire of the Sun walking on a dream beat. Did you mention that? No. So they ended up changing it because they didn't feel like it fully fit the vibe of the album. I'm really glad they did because I think the version that's released is better. But they did end up releasing the version with Walking on a Dream. And it's also fun to listen to. So definitely worth worth checking out. Um, obviously, are you, Go ahead. Were you going to ask me about Hello? I was just I was ready if you were asking if you were prepared to 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 move on to cruise. No no offense to hello. No offense to hello. Yeah, we can move on to cruise. I'm just gonna say about hello. Another great track. So For sure. cruise, I mean this this was one of our ultimate jams in college, was it not? It is just it is the chillest song in history. It's it's interesting because it's the only real reggae inspired song and the entire discography um and it's just it just just feels like a tropical breeze it's just the lightest chillest most beautiful song and justin i know you're gonna want to shout out some absolutely legendary lyrics that geo drops in this track how can i not i mean we've got born in killer california brass son of a beach how do how, how do you not just love that line and then of course one of, the, one of the greatest lines ever. Cruising with my cruising with my cruising with my crew. Driving with my feet. Yabba dabba do. Come on. Unbelievable Flintstones reference. I mean, where can you go wrong with this? You can't is the answer. And it's just there is no bad time to play this song. Honestly, election week might be the time to just play this on loop. We're all a little bit tense right now. Just listen to Cruise over and over again, and I think I think your blood pressure will go down. I think you're right. Just relax you so much. Makes you feel like you're drinking a pina colada on the beach with your with your friends. Um What a fucking jam. So the Oof EP, great EP. It's their best EP. For Pretty sure. By far our favorite. Um and that leads us to Cinematropolis, which up to this point in their career is their most recent album. Um, came out June 14th, 2011. And it was definitely just like Oof was very different from the first two albums. This album, again, is something different for the guys. And it's a bit it, a bit of an art project in a sense, but pretty much the album's title cinematropolis it comes from a term that was coined by sergey eisenstein in his book film form and so the concept of the album essentially is a mashup of life and cinema and i guess i'm going to pull from a quote really quickly that where geo just speaks about the title it says we're all residents of the cinematropolis now if you've ever seen a moving image and it affected you somehow whether it be a music video the nightly news a movie television sitcoms whatever that all has become a part of our truth and how we see the world. And so they released the album with a series of online music video short films to correspond with songs on the album. They ended up releasing four of them. I think they were perhaps think, uh, were thinking of releasing one for every song that didn't end up happening. But 
Um, anyways, the ones they did it for were Slick Watts, Anna Karina. Um, what were the other two, Mike? Slick Watts, Anna Karina. Uh, um, they released one for Fuli. For Fuli, and then and Saison Suzuki. Suzuki. Yes, yes. Um, and so they do those. They release the album. And also a note about Sabzi on this album. So before, for their previous you know, albums and EPs, Sabzi usually would sample a lot of indie songs. Um, and they also have some unreleased tracks that we'll quickly dive into after this album where he did that as well. Anyways, at this point, he had moved to New York. So he didn't have a lot of his records and samples. And he just use the synths that he had with him, which gives the album definitely a different sound. Um, and a fun fact for him about him on this album is he tried not to use snare samples at all on this album. So there's a lot of claps and stick hits for all you guys that are a little more technical, but there's very few actual snares. Um, and then on this album, you've got 15 songs. Song one is the intro. It's called Cinematropolis. Song 15 is the closing track. It's called Fien or Finn, whatever you want to say. But, you know, and that means the end. Uh, and then songs two to 14 are all people's names. So there's it's a very much a conceptual piece here. Um, anyways, give you a quick run through before we go through some of our favorites. Cinematropolis opens it. Hussein is the second track. You've got... Fu Lee is the third track. Title's a reference to Fu Lee Market, which is a store in the Beacon Hill neighborhood, an Asian food store in the Beacon Hill neighborhood of Seattle. Um, you got Lalo Schifrin, which is named after the composer Lalo Schifrin, famous for you know scoring Mission Impossible, the Dirty Harry films. You've got Seijin Suzuki, which is, he is a Japanese filmmaker. You've got Anna Karina, based off the Danish actress, Anna Karina, Marion Sunshine, who was an actress from the early 1900s. Eight is Slick Watts, um, which is, of course, titled after the Supersonic, Seattle Supersonics player Donald, Donald Earl Watts. His nickname was Slick for his habit of shaving his head completely and wearing his crooked headband. Um, you've got George Jackson, who's an Amer African-American author, an activist number 10 is oscar barniak oscar grant which there's two men in this title oscar barniak was a german engineer credited with the invention of the first handheld 35 millimeter camera um oscar grant was killed by a public transit police officer on new year's day 2009 um Number 11 is Yuri Kochiyama, activist that inspired Gio when he was young. Number 12 is Ronnie Mukherjee, which is named after the Indian actress of the same name. Uh, the chorus of that song is in Bengali. 13 is Tommy Chong, obviously after Chong from Cheech and Chong. Um, 14 is Chief Sealth, which comes from the Native American leader who's the namesake of Seattle. And that's, there you have it. And then we have Fiend, the final track. So Mike, give me, you want, let's start us off on this one. 
All right, so my first one that I'll call out on this album is Fule. Nice. Um, it's, I would say that this one, I mean, it's about the Asian grocery store, right? So it's maybe not as much substance, but it ends up with an extremely catchy chorus, uh, which is, you know, highly bumpable. Um, and I'm also just a sucker for Asian grocery stores. Shout out Mitsuo Marketplace in Arlington Heights, Illinois. Shout out Korea Foods, New Malden, UK. Wow. I mean, yeah. How can you not be? Uh... I will just say, I needed to say the first two tracks are fucking dope. Cinematropolis and Hussein. Uh, you should check both of them out. Then we got Fu Lee. I will, I'm going to give a shout out to Sage and Suzuki. Not because it's my favorite song, but one, the video is awesome. And two, it fucking slaps live. So really, really sick beat on this one by Sabzi. And Listening to the song on the album, I never was as hot on it. I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, it's all right. But um, live, this song is insane. So felt the need to shout out. I also think it's hilarious that it's really a song with just a lot of one-liners and random lines. Uh, and it's just the song doesn't really make sense. And Gio in an interview said how everyone always says how Blue Scholars have super deep and thoughtful lyrics. So he was like, all right, I'm just going to write a song which sounds deep, but it's about nothing. So that's this song. Check it out. Um, man, you, you actually, like, I got to say, a lot of these songs need shout outs. Anna Karina's great. You got to check out that music video. Marianne Sunshine. Such a chill, fucking relaxed song. I love, I love Marianne Sunshine. And it's very much... Maybe not everyone understands it if you haven't spent time in the Pacific Northwest, but if you have or if you live there, you know that up in Seattle, you really value the sun when it comes out because it rains a lot. So when it does, everyone heads to the park, takes it in. Everyone's hanging out, feeling good. And that's what Marion Sunshine's about. Um. And I mean, Mike, I guess I have to keep talking because I know the next ones I sort of have shit to say about. And, and I think you get into yours right after that you quite like. So I will say Slick Watts, not one of my favorite songs, but a story attached to it that I must give. Um, back on the tour for this album, for this song, I believe they probably did this in all the tour stops but i went in new york city with one of my best friends elliot and a couple of our other friends elliot's the guy that got me into blue scholars by introducing me to them up at his college that he went to in bates in maine lewiston maine um shout out to all the bates boys and then that i brought it back down to bu introduced them to mike and some of our other friends here we are now making a podcast about it 11 years later, um, 11, 12 years later. So anyways, Elliot and I went to this show together. It was our first scholar show together before Slick Watts. I think at every tour stop, they say, hey, we want anyone from Seattle to get up on stage and dance with us for the next few minutes. We were just drunk and we were like, fuck, it'd be fun to get on stage with Sabzi and Gio. We hopped up on stage with probably about, you know, seven or eight other people danced like fucking fools for a few minutes. And there actually might be a picture of me from it. If I can find it, I'll post it on our Instagram. Um, 
But yeah, anyways, the reason that I really like to bring this song up, I'm a big sucker on albums for transitions. And this fucking transition between this song and number nine, George Jackson, is one of my all-time favorite album transitions. All time. It's it's unbelievable. Totally different genre, but probably my favorite one ever is Linkin Park on Hybrid Theory, A Place for My Head into Forgotten. Gotta be one of the greatest transitions ever in, in music history. But anyways, Slick Watts into George Jackson. Fucking killer, man. The production by Sabzi is insane. It's just insane. And... You got to check it out. George Jackson's one of my favorite songs. The beat is amazing. Gio's flow crushes and it just it hits me hard, man. It's all about the declining state of the world and the economy. Um, But it's just great fucking track. Now, I'll finally I'll finally lay it over to you, Mike, now that I've talked about every goddamn song on this album. Yeah, uh, so I will definitely echo Anna Karina. I think the beat, uh, which is really sort of delicate, goes very well with the video. And, you know, the song is basically about valuing yourself as a woman. So big up support there. Slick Watts is a song that you are correct that I don't love, but is, uh, you know, it's a pure definition of a Seattle anthem. So I think... To really understand the Blue Scholars, you should definitely give that one a listen. Also, there was there was a time that they played that in, at Sounders games. I don't know what they do anymore. I don't know what anyone does anymore in COVID times. But a, a very much appreciated Seattle anthem. Uh, that's a that's a good fun fact. For me, Oscar Barnack, Oscar Grant is one of the best songs on the album. Basically, for two reasons. I mean, one, the beat that Sabzi is able to come up with by recording real sounds from a camera and turning them into an actually sophisticated hip-hop beat not you know not just like a typical like camera flash sound which you'll see in a lot of beats but like he really goes in on kind of the different clicks and dials and it makes really really impressive beat and uh geo matches the lyrics uh matches the beat with his lyrics um in in kind of a whole message about you know what we have the ability to do now as people is take videos of police brutality and, and, you know, get justice for some of these things. And obviously this is 2011. And of course, you know, if you listen to this song today, the message has been received and has never been more important than it is now. Next song for me is also one of my favorites, Yuri Kochiyama. Uh, It's, you know, Gio kind of tells the story about how he met Yuri Kochiyama, who's, a super important activist, especially in kind of the Asian American community, um, never stops speaking out on the things that inspire Geo to this day. But also incredibly catchy chorus uh, and beat by Sabzi, so that collaboration works really well together. Uh, the next song, also quick shout out Ronnie Mukherjee, um, another one that's that's really um, you know trying to point out how women are, are not fully appreciated and often misunderstood. So we appreciate that. Another l- nice little beat by Sabzi with a kind of violin motif. Mm-hmm. Uh, any others you want to shout on this album? I'm just going to say, I'm going to say Tommy Chong 13, the next track. 
it's not one of my favorite tracks by any means. It's a good track, but I just wanted to say Macklemore features on it officially. Yeah. It's about a year before he absolutely blows up with his album. What was that album? The Heist. Um, and so cool to have a little Macklemore feature. And then I do want to shout out the very last song, Fiend. Um, one of my favorite tracks on the album. I think it's such a dope beat. It's sort of a goodbye song to this album, this era, the scholars. And I just always think they crush the album closers. No rest for the weary. You've got Joe Metro. Now you've got Fiend. Um, and they reference in this song uh, a teacher that was actually suspended a year prior to this album dropping in Spokane in 2010. Uh, he passed out the lyrics to their song Commencement Day off the Long March EP on the first day of class. And he was suspended. It was a whole big deal. And I love that they give him a shout out here in this song. Also, just some of the fucking like some of the wordplay that Geo drops on this. I just love. He says, ain't no America left. It's all fragments. Ain't no verses left. It's all ad libs. Ain't no A's and B's. You all average. C this D get F'd if y'all asking. Grades don't matter inside my classes. I got to go back. So sick. Um, and that closes out Cinematropolis. So, yeah, sadly, well, sadly, the scholars have not released much since then. There's a couple. So they have had a slew of unreleased songs throughout their career. You can get the full list on their Wikipedia page, but they have unreleased tracks dating as early as 2003 that go through 2012 so a little bit after cinematropolis came out but i know mike and i we're gonna shout out a couple that we each like quite a bit um and we'll end with the final track that they have put out as a group and then talk a little bit about if there maybe will be a future but i'll start invocation which is the first track pretty much unreleased that has come out like ever came out by them. It was cut from the blue scholars, you know, their first album, the self-titled um, it's very raw, but it's fucking great. Geo has some great rhymes on this. And uh, I like Sabzi's beat as well. I think it's a really good song. I think of there's three songs that were cut from that original album. I had wished that this one had stayed on or had been released in some other official capacity, um great track great track and then mike how about you first one for me would be blue Chini. this is from september of 2007 this is a uh i guess sort of a cover almost an homage really to Lucini by camp low shout out camp low shout out to the bx um and i think this one's really it's an interesting choice um because basically they they turn the whole song on its head you know instead of kind of celebrating um you know, money and kind of how that is often portrayed in rap culture and also, frankly, how we celebrate kind of financial success in the U.S. It's more about kind of giving that money uh, back to the people as as a philosophy. So I love that choice. Love it. And then I know we both really like Coffee and Snow, which came out in December 2008. Um, there's a music video, just a beautiful song. There's a simplicity to it. To both the song and the video it's just them driving around seattle and snowy weather in a van and 
it's just great work by Sabzi here because he creates this whole vibe. It really just feels like you should be in like the cold weather, or the snow. You you just have to listen to it because you really just feel like that is where you should be when you listen to this. Yeah, it's a really, really impressive beat and video also directed by Sabzi's brother, Zia. Zaya, I think his name is. But yeah, mm-hmm. check, check that out. Um, next one for me would be Michelle Malkin. This is February of 2010. Um, Michelle Malkin is like a conservative political commentator that you can look up the things that she supports. But basically, this is an interesting concept because it's it's almost uh, a geo-interpretation of a diss track where he's basically just going in on this woman. And it's I, I think it's a really successful track and highly underrated. Mm-hmm. And then I just want to give a quick shout to Paul Valerie, which came out just shortly after Michelle Malkin. And uh just want to say it samples Owl City's song Fireflies, which thought they did a good job with that. But uh Mike, did, I'm sure you want uh, to quickly talk about Summertime in the SEA. Summertime in the SEA. I love that. It's yeah. it's you know, uh just a, a Seattle interpretation of the you know the classic summertime in the LBC. Um, if you haven't listened to summertime in the LBC or seen the video of the actual song by Dove Shack, I would definitely do that. But this is just a fun, I think it's something fun that they, you know, repurposed for Seattle, one of their favorite summertime anthems. And this is really the only song where you have Geo actually like singing. And it's, it's kind of partway through, uh, somewhere in the middle between a great track and comedy um, and whichever way you interpret it it's it's great lesson totally and it's it's yeah like mike said it's different for them so it's fun to see and listen to but uh yeah and then a little later that year in 2010 september and october they released two different tracks one's lumiere which or lumiere however you want to say it samples the xx's song intro and man, it is such a good usage of intro. Uh, feels very epic. Um, love Geo's rhymes on here. Whenever I listen to the original song now, I sort of am like, fuck, this is missing something without Geo. And then a month later, they released Big Bang Hank, which is arguably my favorite unreleased song of theirs. It samples the the Bibio song, Lover, Lover's Carvings. Um and it's just such a fucking jam man i'll never forget when it released like i i always wished this was like on an album somehow they probably i don't know maybe they couldn't clear the sample or whatever but um it is so fucking good um yeah and it also really builds on that that kind of humble uh theme that they have put throughout their discography Mm-hmm. Um, totally. A quick, quick shout out to Bell Hooks uh, from 2011. This is uh, this is actually on Geo's mixtape Brownouts Volume One, which is under his name as Prometheus Brown. You can still get that for free, so definitely do that. But this one is it's a good little song, but it's mostly notable because it's uh, one of the few kind of love songs that they have. So mm-hmm. I'll get that one as well. Definitely, and then. I think this brings us essentially this does bring us to their most recent song that they've released 
um, which came out in November of 2012. It's called The Decisive Moment. And it's it's awesome. It's a very subtle but but really effective beat. And Geo absolutely slays on this track. Um, I was listening to it the other day, and it just got me so fucking amped up. And I was like, we need more Blue Scholars. Like, And the, the bummer is, so they haven't obviously released any new music now in eight years, literally eight years to the, to the month. And there's been some rumors over the years. There was a point where... I think it was a few years ago where people thought they were about to drop an album. I, I forget what the, the potential name was, but um, nothing really came of it. I don't know if they are actually working on anything. I will say the one little hint I could see into anything, which maybe I'm reading too far into it, but that's why we're here. Um a few months ago, Gio had a post on Instagram where he was talking a little bit about the state of everything going on in the world. And someone commented on it like, do you like whatever? Um, has it made you think so much about these topics that you'd think about getting back together with your old pal Sabzi to create some new music? And Gio, who usually doesn't respond to people on Instagram much these days, responded and said something along. I think it's he said, like, I think so. Like, I think it just might. And so take it for what you will. But it at least keeps hope alive in my heart. And we really need more Blue Scholars. It's it, They couldn't be a more timely group with everything going on in the world. Um, It would just be incredible. And. I pray that we do get some new music. The good news is we have a decent amount of music to tide us over forever if they don't decide to make anything new. But we'd love I'd love one more album. That's what I'd love. I'd love one more album and I think you guys will enjoy. I was I was going on a rabbit hole trying to figure all this out and just listen to a lot of Blue Scholars the last week. I ended up going on both their separate websites, uh, Geo's and Sobsies. And on Geo's, there's an, there's like a contact me where you can send him a little message. And I actually sent him a message expressing my gratitude for all the music he'd blessed us with. And I said, I, you know, I can't, I can't help myself. I need to ask just because I, I love you guys so much. And I, I miss you guys as a, as a group. And do you think, is there a chance that there'll be new music or is there new music in the works? I was like, you know, I had to at least ask, even if I never get a reply. So we'll see if he ever replies. I haven't gotten one yet. Um, but Mike, I think, wouldn't you agree? I, I wish there was new blue scholars music. Yeah. Obviously echo that a million percent. Um, it's, it's a shame that it's been so long and, and obviously, you know, Sabzi does is involved in several other groups and he does a fair bit of stuff uh you know solo solo stuff and and of course you mentioned that geo has his a pretty successful bakery with his wife so i assume they're busy but if there's any chance that they hear this we're pleading with you for one more album for the sake of humanity really i think 2020 and if and if you we really need it please please 
Gio and Sabzi. And and look, if you guys do want to continue, you want to listen to other stuff by Gio and Sabzi to tide you over. If you've only listened to Blue Scholars, you got Common Market and Made in Heights for Sabzi. You've got the Bar for Gio. Um, so you've got some you've got some music to pull from. But anywho, I think we got to dive into the album ranking, don't you, Mike? Let's do it. You want to start us off with number your number three? Uh, yeah. So for me, uh, this was actually pretty easy. My number three is the debut album, Blue Scholars. Um, it's you know, there's there Blast was a lot, of, a lot of great songs on there. Obviously, bumping it to this day, um, but compared to um, where where it goes, where we know they're capable of going. Sabzi is, you know, he takes a step up in production after this album and Gio as well. I think, you know, there's so many good rhymes in this, so many good individual lyrics, but overall, outside of a few of the top highlights, he does really improve in terms of crafting his songs um, towards one kind of specific message on the later album. So absolutely love this album, but having to choose between the three, this is number three. All right. There you have it. I completely disagree. And personally, I put at number three, Cinematropolis, which I find to be a fantastic album. But I like the feel of the self-titled and Bayani a little bit more. I know they're a little bit more similar. I love Cinematropolis but the other two just have my heart and on a more just technical level. When I looked at the songs that I was, that were competing for my top five, as well as just looking how many songs I love on each album for me, Cinematropolis has the least. So number three, all right, my number two is Cinematropolis. Uh, I similar to what you were just saying. I, looking at how many songs that I thought were great, I think there's about six songs on here that I was debating for my top five. Uh, but overall, I, I'm not sure that the concept really comes together for me. There's so many good individual songs, but it's a really ambitious concept that I don't know fully works. Um, I will say that. This is probably, you know, between Oof and Cinematropolis is kind of the time frame. It's my favorite version of Geo where he, he slows things down a little bit. Um, and if it's even possible, it makes his delivery somewhat smoother or maybe easier to digest just because there's less of it coming at you. But mm-hmm. that's, it's really my, my favorite version of Geo. Um, love the album. So many great songs. But number two. Love it. And my number two is the self-titled album, Blue Scholars. Um, I think this album has a lot of very memorable songs, but not as many as what is both Mike and Mai's number one, Bayani. Um, And real quick before we dive into Bayani, just to back on Blue Scholars, yeah, there's a, there's a handful of songs in this I absolutely love. I love the whole album, but there are a few songs 
I'm not as hot on. Bayani, on the other hand, Mike, I'll let you talk about it first, but it's the clear number one. It really is. And, and, and most people, I think, when you listen to the discography, will agree. I mean, there's just so... I mean, all of their most recognizable hits are from this album, for sure. But really, the quality from song to song... I mean, we could have talked about every single one. They're all great. I think, clearly for me at least, this is this is Sabzi's best album. I mean, the jump that he takes... I mean, not that Blue Scholars is bad in any way, but the jump that he takes from Blue Scholars to Bayani is insane. I mean, mm-hmm. the creativity of the beats. I mean, this album alone is, is can stand with some of the greatest of all time in purely in the production element of it. And and I think that, yeah, like I said, anybody that listens to the discography, I think you'd, you'd have to either agree that Bayani is one, maybe two, but it's clearly one of their favorites. Yes, definitely one of their absolute best. And yeah, I couldn't agree more with what you said. And then couple the beats with Sabzi's, with uh, Geo's raps on this one, and you've got absolute gold. Um, it's just incredible. So many, so many standout songs. And one of the, one of the better hip hop albums for me of all time. Couldn't disagree there. Couldn't disagree there. There you have it. And I mean, any any good episode by us, Mike, always ends with a top five list. So yes, it does. It's time for that that moment. Top five songs. Go ahead. Hit me with number five. I'm gonna hit you with it. My number five. Southside Revival. So this is off the Long March EP. And if you recall from earlier in this episode, I just fucking love this song. I love the beat. I love the chorus. I love the verses. I love Geo's raps. I love some of the lines in here. The you got time to take a sh- you got time to take a shit or yeah you got time to take a shit then you got time to read a book. Um, there's just there's so much in this song I love. It gets me hyped up every time I listen to it, and just over the years, it's one of it's one of my top played songs by the boys. So had to include it on the list. Especially because I know Mike's not such a big fan of it, this guy. Fucking crazy. Well, well, yeah. So I will say that for my top five list, I debated between 23 total songs. Uh, which in, in, such, in such a short discography is just a testament to how many hits they're able to produce and the percentage of times that they just smash it out of the park. But also in those 23 songs, this is not included. So, I mean, there is a clearly a variety, you know, catering to different fans, again, in such a small discography, which, you know, we can't say enough good things about the music they've produced. Um, but yeah, that's not on my list. Number five for me is North by Northwest, mm. one that we talked about. Absolute banger. Just uh, the song that I probably put on most just because I'm never not in the mood for it. And as soon as it comes on, I know I'm going to like it. I've never, I would never even consider, you know, skipping this song or just being like, oh, I'm not in the mood for this. 
always perfect. Such a good fucking choice. That this was one of the heartbreakers for me that I just left off the list. Spoiler alert. But fantastic choice. My number four. It's a bit of an underrated track right here, in my opinion. My number four is off Cinematropolis. It's George Jackson. Love this track. Again, I told you guys how much the segue between Slick Watts and this is insane. That definitely plays into my score a little bit here. But it's it's my favorite song on Cinematropolis, and I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Love the beat. Love Geo's raps as usual. But really the beat on this one just gets me, man. I just I I never skip this song. I listen to this song quite a lot, even to this day. Well, my number four is also from Cinematropolis, the only one of my top five from Cinematropolis, and it is Yuri Kochiyama, which is just, it's just everything hits on this. The beat's incredible. I mean, I love the story that Gio is able to tell, um, the concept that kind of fits the overall album of, you know, writing a song about an individual person, this being one of his personal heroes, someone important to him and what he believes in. Then the chorus is... Uh, simple, and I mean that in the best possible way. It it almost, you know, some of the things that we were talking about on cruise, just the simplicity is just beautiful and makes it uh, just so easy to sing along, so catchy. Just, I think, one of their most successful tracks. I can't knock Yuri Kojiyama at all. Absolutely fantastic track. Um, my number three, Burnt Offering, off the, off the, off the debut. This song, I don't think any of their songs make me as emotional as this song or like as sort of introspective. Like I think a lot about life when I listen to this song. It gets me in a, in a definite mood. Um, sometimes go through a little bit of an existential crisis. Some would say that's not a good thing. I think it is. I think if a song can make you get there in your head, then it's doing something. So I love it. I think it's one of Geo's. I think it is Geo's like deepest song in a sense that really hits you in the soul. That's my number three. For me, very, very different feel. It is Cruise off of oh, the EP. So Just, good. I mean, we talked about it, but a song that's very special to us, but I think just has a magical, magical quality about it that. It's, it's, I don't think it's ever been, it's obviously not been recreated by this group, but really it's, it's just a special song that, that I don't know if you could fully appreciate until you've listened to it a few times. And then it's basically stuck in your head forever. I mean, this is one of those that it just pops in my head, like in the shower all the time. And it just, just makes you smile. I'm honestly ashamed that it's not in my top five. Um, It's, it's hard. There's just so many good ones, you know, there are. Throw out some honorables at the end because you have to with a band this good. You have to. You have to. Um, number two is the legendary fifty thousand deep for me. My two. Um, Shwiggy. Finally, some agreement. Amazing. I know we've had very different lists up to this point. Very different picks up to this point. Um. But I mean, I knew I knew this would be on both of our lists and and high as well, because how could it not be? It's just 
it's a it's a quintessential song of the blue scholars the beat you could just have on for days the storytelling by geo is top notch he really is effective on this one and really gets across his story and it's just a powerful song man yeah and, and i mean 2020 is a year of protests you know mm-hmm. so just listening to this one and it just hits home maybe more than ever all right i guess it's time for number one are you guys fucking ready mike are you ready i feel ready okay my number one is no rest for the weary just a phenomenal track in my opinion it encapsulates everything about the blue scholars that i love i love that it has sort of an inspirational feel to it in a sense it's also chill to a degree but it's just such a good song amazing beat amazing lyrics i love how it leaves us off with the no rest for the weary blue scholars keep going and in my own funny way because i miss the blue scholars so much and i that line even though it was written on their first album and it has nothing to do with their current status it keeps my hope alive a lot that they will one day release new music because the the blue scholars work is never done so anyways i think it's for me like their their ultimate anthem and i just love it so that's that's my number one Mine is also quite a powerful song, uh, and that is Back Home off Bayani. Uh, this one, I mean, it's it's pretty self-explanatory, but, you know, Gio really feels the, the weight that he sort of inherited from a long line of, of anti-war political activists. And, you know, again, I think most people have been affected by a, a war that sadly, you know, when he wrote this in Bayani, we're in that exact same war now, you know, 11 years later or 13 years later, I should say. And it's, it's tough to think about. And, and this one just continues to be more and more poignant um, and, and sadly relevant every time I listen to it. True. Good picks all around, I think. We had really different lists, dude. We did. And, and again, I mean, it's, it's hard to even describe how – you know, just across three albums, the the breadth of not only quality, but the different types of emotions and feels that you can get from them. Such an accomplished duo in in such a short amount of work. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. It's they're 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 incredible. Couple honorable mentions. We each throw out a few. I know Mike said he debated between like what did you say twenty three? Twenty three. 23 i debated between about 16 and i could have added more i just had to cut myself off at one point but i'll throw you guys a few of mine so cruising north by northwest those just missed the list that were on mics also sagaba for me morning of america um big bank hank um new people fiend that's a few for me. And then I also just want to shout out, they they were on my list, but lower down. But uh, Decisive Moment and Invocation, man. Check those songs out, unreleased, along with Big Bang Hank. Mike, I'm, I'm throwing it to you. 
for me, The Distance, Michelle Malkin, Oscar Barnack, Oscar Grant, The Inkwell, and we didn't talk too much about it, but Hussein off Cinematropolis is also great. Dude, it's unbelievable. Even on those lists, we had all like different songs. I mean, that must be the entire, like every song they have is on one of our lists. I I know. I don't think we could be bigger stands with the Blue Scholars. No. Of it. I'm like, if you're not from Seattle, if you somehow don't know who they are, go listen to all this music right now. If you're listening to this because you love them and you wanted to listen to something about them, then thank you for being here. We, like you, love the Blue Scholars. Hit us up about them. We'd love to geek out about them with you. Um, like I said earlier, you can get us on Instagram at top fives and deep dives. You can email us if you'd like at top fives and deep dives at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at top dives. Love that. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Hit us up. Love to hear your opinions. Everybody be good. Stay safe out there. Stay safe. We're going to go back to stressing about the election. But with that said, everyone try to relax, try to breathe. And uh, let's hope for the best. All right. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Big shout out, Guy Fox.